I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. I'm delighted to say this month the podcast is brought to you by Ergo Baby. So Ergo Baby was launched in 2003 by mother and clothing designer Karen Frost. Living in Maui, she was searching for a baby carrier that would allow her to enjoy her active outdoor lifestyle and daily routine without having to sacrifice precious bonding time. After trying seven different carriers with varying degrees of success, Karen developed her own soft, structured carrier. And since then, the brand has been on a mission to empower families to bond, grow and thrive by creating premium baby products with comfort and mind while never compromising on function and Today, Urger Baby offers a broad range of award-winning baby carriers, including the new OmniBreeze. So the OmniBreeze innovation design means both wearer and baby benefit for maximum airflow and maximum comfort. Its lightweight, soft flex mesh allows both parent and baby to stay cool and dry all day, while padded shoulder straps and lumbar support ensure parents' comfort. And its deep bucket seat and padded neck support mean baby stays comfortable too. Suitable from birth up to 20 kg and ergonomically offering all four carry positions, the OmniBreeze is the only carrier parents will ever need. Like all Ergo Baby carriers, the OmniBreeze is designated hip healthy by the International Hip Dysplasia Institute and comes with the Ergo Promise Lifestyle Guarantee. Head over to ergobaby.ie to learn more about the new OmniBreeze and also look at their other carriers and wraps. In this week's episode, I chat to Carolina and she talks me through her two pregnancies and births. So Carolina went into labour 36 weeks with her little boy in her first pregnancy. She didn't realise at the time she was going into labour. She thought it was just a little niggle, a pain that then turned into a, a, a constant surge um, that led to her little boy being delivered under three hours. She did manage to get to the hospital, but she talks about those first few days and weeks following his arrival that were quite difficult. She found it hard to bond with him as well. She had a similar experience on her second pregnancy with her little girl. She gave birth to her um, in about one and a half hours. So from the first first surge um, to delivery, it was one and a half hours. Again, she managed to get to the hospital, but she didn't have that immediate surge of love that she was expecting. Um, It did happen on 11 weeks and she said it was like a light a light switch so she discusses that further in the episode so I think she has touched on something that many women would have experienced but have not spoken about yet so thank you Carolina and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode so Carolina you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast thank you if you want to just start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family Okay, so I was originally born in Italy and I came in Ireland in 2009, just for six months. I was up here, but then something led to another something and anyway, end up being here for now is almost 12 years. And (laughs) so I did my undergrad in Ireland, I did my master and I did like, you know, I kind of came here, was 19. So most of my adult experience were in Ireland and um, I always lived around Dublin. 
And then I met my husband, my now husband in 2014 when I was working in a financial services and we got together first date, second day, and then, you know, we got married in 2017 and then we decided to start a family then after we got married and then it's when I got pregnant with my son. Brilliant. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Mm. What did you do your master's in? Just out of, out of um, Well, I did my degree in psychology and my master was in applied behavior analysis. So oh, wow. it's the study of the science of behavior applied to uh, like human being. Usually it's a- applicable to children with special needs. So I did work, I, I worked a lot with children with special needs, with behavior difficulties. And also I work with adults, like with phobias and like, you know, kind of anxiety related issues. So. Oh, brilliant. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about your first pregnancy. Did you start tracking mm-hmm. your cycles or your ovulation or anything? Um, yeah, kind of. We start tracking. I obviously, I was kind of new to the whole trying. So it was a little bit like I had a lot of difficulties when I was early teen with my cycle. It was in re- it was very irregular and my hormones were all over the place. And now at home in Italy, when you need to have the pill, the gynecologist will see you. Okay. It's not the GP that prescribes it to you. It's the gynecologist. When you go in, she does a blood test and she does, you know, she basically she does an NCT to yourself. So head to toe, she checks it. No, she's it's very good. She checks everything and then she matches your uh, pill depending on how your blood test comes up. Oh, wow. So whatever your blood needs, she matched the pills with it. So that's how I got, like, I think a lot of my difficulties were fixed in my early teens because she kind of catches them very early. So anyway, I got the pills and stuff like that. So the first time I started trying, I talked to her when I went home and she did a scan and everything just to make sure everything was fine. She found a couple of cysts, but she was like, at the moment, they're not, you know, nothing to be worried about just kind of you know just go with it and see what happens so I did track a little bit my period but I use an app I didn't use any kind of you know kind of ovulation sticks or anything like that so when I used the app and I think it took us maybe four months so it wasn't that long and then uh, my doctor actually I would say well it hasn't happened yet and my doctor's like do it every second day if you do it every second day it will happen I was like okay <laughs> So anyway, so that 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 worked because obviously in January I found that I was pre- January 2018 I found that I was pregnant with my now baby boy. And then I it was very I was very overwhelmed when I saw like you know because in my head it's like oh it won't happen to me, it won't happen to me. And then when I saw the positive, it's so overwhelming sensation. I remember that day I, I was doing a course actually in a, in um the National College of Ireland. And I remember I had to submit something that day and I, ha- I had to read it again to make sure it was fine and I couldn't concentrate, mm-hmm. like my head was constantly going there, and you was like, Oh, I need to buy another pregnancy test, I need to buy the digital one just to make sure I am like and I remember texting my friend my best friend lives in Boston and I text her a picture of the pregnancy test and it was 7 a.m in Ireland and she was like 2 a.m in 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 Boston and she texts straight away definitely that's pregnant definitely that's (laughs) pregnant like so that's that was like when we figured out I was pregnant and then after that obviously it was all new to me I didn't have any Irish friends here that would be pregnant or were pregnant in the past so I I wasn't really sure how to kind of navigate the whole pregnancy so I went back to the GP and she told me like you know you have to pick your hospital Mm. and that's how you do it so then I picked Dallas Street and then I went there for obviously the first visit it was really like anxiety provoking because you don't know is it is the baby okay? Is, is their heartbeat and stuff like that? So it was very, I was very anxious and I was very happy that my husband was with me because obviously there was no restriction back then. So he could come in with me mm. and he could see the baby. Like, so it was really nice. And so what did you, did you do anything throughout your pregnancy um, to prepare for labor or birth? Did you do any classes? Um, uh, yeah, I did, uh, what's the name? Uh, yoga. I did uh, pregnancy yoga. And it was really good. Like I did enjoy, like I did enjoy yoga and I did enjoy the, the breathing part of it and everything else. And then I was, I kind of looked into gentle birth. Mm-hmm. 
And I would just see the principle of it and what kind of involves and everything like that. But unfortunately, when I got pregnant, then we sold our apartment in town and bought a new house. So we could, we're kind of in between. So I did a little bit of yoga. And then I was trying to do a little bit of gentle birth, but like selling a house, buying a house. So it was a little bit stressful time. So I didn't, let's say I didn't um, invest as much time as I wanted to invest, you know. And how did you feel throughout your pregnancy? fine like well like to be fair the first three months I was very like nauseous constantly like you know I felt like as as if I was in a car and someone was driving bad that's how I felt like you know and then I was um I had a lot of nosebleeds which apparently is normal and but it was a very very hot summer and I did my legs were like two big gigantic kind of trees and it was I was so hard to walk around at the end of it because it was so hot and like my feet were swollen my foot my kid kind of my shoes weren't coming in getting in anymore and it was very hard and I had a lot of ligament pain so when I walked I could have to like three steps and then you have to stop because you mm. feel like you know something is pulling and three steps so it was very hard to get from the the dark station to Hollow Street because you know it's a bit of a walk yeah. so if you have three steps and you stop it was a bit of a walk but it was fine but the doctor then decided because my legs are really swollen it decided to sign me off when I was 36 weeks okay. so I stopped working when I was 36 weeks. but generally I was okay like me and the baby were okay so it's just the little boy name is Alessio Alessio was very quiet in the belly so it got me a lot of uh, panic because obviously it was sometimes he wasn't moving at all or I wasn't feeling him moving so we end up being in Hollow Street maybe six or seven times because I couldn't feel any movement and when we were there you know he was active and everything and they could track the activity of the baby and everything was fine but just couldn't feel him moving at all just because my placenta was at the front okay so if it was, it probably was very gentle and I couldn't feel anything. So it, it was very, I was very anxious until I was 32 weeks because it wouldn't like, it wasn't moving much. And once we went to our uh, baby moon in, uh, where was it? In Doolin and uh, in the West of Ireland. And I was lying there thinking like, I can't feel him at all, like nothing. And then I was like, I was thinking to my husband, oh, should we go to the hospital? So I called the emergency doctor. She was like, well, you have to drive to Galway, which is an hour and a half away. I was thinking, oh my God, okay. So we waited a little bit and then we drove back to Dublin and we went to Holly Street. And obviously the baby was fine. Like, you know, it's just, I couldn't feel even like lying down, a fizzy drink, a glass of cold water, nothing, couldn't feel anything like. But like, you know, like the doctor say it was, you know, it was normal that I couldn't feel anything. But as long as the baby was fine, when they check, they weren't concerned or anything, you know. And did you have preferences in terms of your labor and birth? Yeah, I kind of like in a way, like I was thinking I like to do a home birth because I, f- I felt like it was a little bit more uh, relaxing mm. at home. But my husband was a little bit more anxious. And it's like, I don't think I can take it just in case something is wrong and we have to rush to the hospital, be a rush and it'd be too much. Um, it'd be very kind of, kind of anxiety provoking something like that. So we, we decided to go into the hospital and I wanted to have kind of a, I didn't want to have an epidural because I was thinking in my, like I have a needle phobia, not bad, but I can't, I, I don't deal well with needles or anything like sticking in my body. So obviously when we went to the birth class, they were, they were explaining the epidural and they showed the needle. And when I saw the needle, I was like, I, there's no, there's no way I can actually do something like that. But then obviously my husband was like, well, when you're in pain and you're there, you probably won't even care that they stick something on you, you know? But I, I didn't have a, like a big preference. Like I was just kind of like go in and see how it goes like you know because I never got the option of like a water birth or anything like that it was never mentioned to me so even I talked to the doctor about like do I have do I need a birth plan or anything and the doctor was like no you just go in and see what happens like so do you want to talk us through the first signs of labor Okay, so I was 36 weeks, as I said, I went to, they they signed me off work and everything. And I thought, oh God, it's going to be really long, four weeks before my due date. 
But then like around 37 weeks, I was feeling a little bit nauseous, like as if I was going to throw up again. And then my stomach got upset. And I thought it was because I ate figs. And I was like, because you eat too much figs, that's why your stomach is upset. And I was like, okay, then I'll stop eating figs. And then um, one day, like I was cleaning the house and everything and it was fine. We went to do the shopping, came back home and I had this show. I had like the mucus plug mm-hmm. came out and I called the midwife. She was like, oh, don't come in, don't come in because you probably are days away from actually giving birth. I was like, okay, fair enough. So I keep cleaning the house, I keep cooking and whatever. And at that point, I was 37 and six days. So I was at home cleaning and everything. And I had like mild period pain. That's the same day. Like the show was at 12. And then around five o'clock, I started having mild period pain. But my mom was like, oh, it's probably just your body getting, you know, getting ready for labor. I could like, care okay, for enough. So then I have seven, I sit down to watch TV. And I was there watching TV. And all of a sudden, I feel like, a sharp pain in my stomach, but like something that I never felt before. I was thinking, oh my God, what is it? So it's fine. Then I went to the toilet. I wasn't feeling really well. And then I started vomiting. When I started vomiting, I was thinking, okay, something is wrong. Maybe I ate something bad because it was a lot of it. And it was very kind of powerful, like morning sickness, really bad. And I was thinking, this is not right. Like it can't be, look, you know, it's not, in my head, I was like, it's not labor. because It's over two weeks already, so it can be labor. But maybe it's, it, you know, maybe something I ate or something. So then in the end, my husband, like I was lying in the bed, in the couch, like with a bag, vomiting in the bag mm. because I couldn't move. And my husband called his sister. He, uh, she lives, she lived in Birmingham back then and she's a nurse. So we were talking to her about how I was feeling. And then the husband was like, eh, she's in labor bring it to the hospital she's in labor and I was like I'm not in labor I'm not in labor it's just I'm sick something has happened maybe it's a bug maybe it's a virus but I'm not in labor 100% I'm not in labor then I went to the toilet before we left and I felt like it felt weird because I felt like my the head of the baby dropped okay and I think oh my god I'm gonna give birth in, in the toilet like but then we went to the car and my husband back then had an Audi TT, which is a sport car, which is when you're nine months pregnant, <laughs> it's really hard to get yeah, in that car. Yeah. And then obviously with my bag, because I was getting sick. So <laughs> we get in the car with the bag and my husband was trying to speed, but every bump or anything in the road, make, because my stomach was like, like as if it was in a whole contraction, really sore. And it, it never stopped. It was like a contraction constantly going. I never had a breather. That's why I didn't think I was in labor mm-hmm. because it was like a contraction never left. It was there the whole time. So I got to the hospital and the girl, when I came in, I was like to my husband, asked him for a wheelchair because I don't think I can walk. And the girl was like, no, you're not getting a wheelchair. You're fine. Walk. And I was like, I, I felt the baby head dropping and I'm kind of concerned. I don't know what's going to happen. You, she was like, you don't need a wheelchair. You walk for hours before the baby's born. You will walk for hours. And I was thinking in my head, give me the wheelchair. I want the wheelchair. So I turned out to my husband. I said, ask her for a wheelchair and tell them I need a wheelchair. So in the end, I got the wheelchair. And we we logged we we went in. I got the admission and everything done, and the, then they brought me upstairs. And the girl was like, the 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 admission girl was like, eh, the nurse won't be happy because you know they'll see you coming in with the wheelchair and you will walk all night before this baby come. I was thinking, okay, I'm just gonna ignore her because I'm mean, in atrocious pain. I don't know what's going on, so I'm just gonna ignore whatever she says. And got upstairs, they checked me and they were like, oh, you're three centimeters. And that was at, I think it was half nine, maybe quarter to 10. And they were like, oh, you're three centimeters. And the shock, I remember feeling, I was like, what? I'm three centimeters? What that mean? Like the baby's going to be born today? Like it's two weeks early. I don't have nappies at home. I don't have wipes because I didn't have time to buy stuff. And I was thinking, oh my, it can be like, it can, it can be born this early, like, you know. And then, uh, well, I was three centimeters and the girl was like, do you want an epidural? And I was like, yes, please, because the pain was so bad. 
but that by the time they found the, 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 the doctor to administer the epidural and all of that, they checked me again. And within maybe 40 minutes, I was 10 centimeters. Oh, wow. And I was like, and you were like, yeah, you have to start pushing now. We can't give you the epidural. And because I was vomiting so much, they couldn't give me gas either. So she was like, you, you can't have gas, so you have to just go with it and do it. And I was thinking, you don't give me anything. I just have to do it the way like they used to do it, like in 19, I don't know, 1920s. Like, it's just like, yeah, just go with it. Just go for it. Everyone was so gentle and everyone was so nice. And they were like, okay, fair enough. Now you have to start pushing. And I was thinking in my head, how am I supposed to push? Like he's not supposed to be born yet. And in my head, and then obviously my mom was coming over and she wasn't here yet because I didn't book her flight. I booked her flight a week before my due date. So I was thinking of my mom as well. I was like, she doesn't even know me labor. I'm going to call her and say the baby's born. And she never, no one knew I was in labor because it was so fast that I didn't call anyone. No one knew it was happening. So the, the midwife was like, yeah, I can see the head, push, push, push. And when you feel the burning sensation, just stop because then the baby will come out. And when she said that, I felt the burning sensation and then it was out. I was, I was there in shock. Like I didn't change my clothes. Mm. I, I Like he was born. I had my socks on, a dress, everything that I came in. I'd never use like, you know, the way they ask you. Oh, bring an old T-shirts and stuff like that for labor. I didn't even pack my bag. My bag was fully packed. Like by the time the baby was born, so that was it. And I was thinking, it can't be right. Like, how is he out already? Like, you know, because when you go to the birth class, they kind of scare you in saying it's gonna be at least six or seven hours of labor. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to be two weeks late and it's going to take 12 hours before the baby is born. So I wasn't mentally prepared for him to come out. And when he was out, he was very small. When he was born, he was um, six pounds. So it was tiny, a little baby. And I remember it was in, he was born a quarter to 12 at night. And I remember thinking, what do I do now? Like they will ask my husband to leave and then I'm still dressed the same way that I came in. This little human is here next to me. What do I do? Like, you know, and it was so overwhelming because after he was born, like obviously you tell everyone that he was born and people say, oh, you must be so in love. And I couldn't feel anything. Not that I hated him or anything, but just there was no feelings. There was nothing like, you know, I couldn't feel anything because I think my adrenaline stopped everything else. So for the first six weeks, I didn't feel the love that people say that you will feel or the rush that you will feel, you will feel after his baby is born. Couldn't feel anything at all. And I remember even being like when he was crying, I couldn't be next to him when he was crying because I felt uncomfortable. I didn't even feel like comfort him. I just felt uncomfortable next to the baby. And that lasted for six weeks. And then once I told the doctor about it and the doctor was like, I, I say it's your hormone stopped the oxytocin coming in because the adrenaline was there, like trying, because obviously it was a shock for you. So your body was trying to kind of make sure you were kind of leaving the experience the way it's supposed to be lived. And the oxytocin just didn't come in. Okay, that's interesting. And for the first six, I remember first six weeks, nothing. Couldn't feel anything for him. And, you know, obviously someone would come in and seal him. I would run after them. But I wasn't feeling, oh, I love him so much. Like, you know, I couldn't feel And I, I got a bit concerned at the start because I thought, oh, my God, maybe I have postnatal mm-hmm. depression or something like this will come up because I don't feel anything at all. Like, But then, like, the more, you know, the weeks came in and everything and I felt more kind of obviously attached to him. And now, obviously, I love him to bits now. Like, you know, I couldn't think my life without him. But for the first weeks, like, couldn't feel anything. And that's something that people don't really tell you. They expect once the baby's born, you love him. That's it, full stop. And I couldn't feel that at all. I didn't feel like a mom either. Like, and I felt a bit like the baby that I was holding, it wasn't the baby that I was pregnant with. Mm. It's like in my head, it wasn't the same baby. It was a different baby. And it was a stranger. I knew the baby in my belly, but I didn't know the baby outside. So it took a while to get used to him. So, 
And but then after that, like he was a dream of a baby, like he slept very well, he eat very well, it was really good. So then after, obviously, you know, I got attached to him and like, you know, now like, you know, I love him too bits, but it took a while and I got a bit shocked when I couldn't feel that. And everyone was there saying, oh, you must be so in love. And obviously I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am in love. Yeah, yeah, I love him so much. But I didn't feel anything, you know. So that's something that kind of, yeah. I think with these fast births, um, people say oh god that was great wasn't it now you, you, you weren't labor that long oh, yeah. but it's it can be really shocking and have a, a oh, long-term yeah. effect yeah like my my body was in such a shock I remember my legs were like like shaking and my hands were shaking and I couldn't really couldn't hold him for the first like couple of hours because I was like it can be out I want him back in I like I felt like I, I didn't have control over the situation when they say you're three centimeters when the nurse said to me you're three centimeters now I was thinking no I cannot be three centimeters and it's like you're forced to do something even though you don't want to do it yeah. so my body was like you're gonna go to labor and I'll tell you how to do it and it, it was completely out of my control and that's what kind of freaks me out a little bit because in my head I was like oh I'll know when I'm in labor and I can tell like people that I'm in labor and I know it's coming but I didn't know it was coming until an hour before it was born you know so it was kind of because the 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 contraction that nurse said the midwife was explained to me because I dilate so fast that the contraction went like kind of really strong and they stay there so you know like for me, when I was watching whatever movies or like even one more and every minute to see people have a contraction and then it goes mm-hmm. away and they're able to talk. I couldn't, I, w- I wasn't able even to talk for an hour and a half. I couldn't say anything. The pain was so bad. So in my head is like, that cannot be a contraction because people talk within contraction and people kind of chill within contraction. And I didn't have any of that. So my the experience that I built in my head and the experience that I lived, it was completely different. And that's why I felt like kind of disconnected. Mm. So did you do, did you have any support like with your PHN? Did they offer to link you up with somebody to speak to, I suppose, after those few weeks? Not really, like, you know, I talked to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I just like, you know, do you feel like sad? Mm. Do you feel like you're crying? Like the first few weeks I felt like, you know, the, the, the usual kind of hormone, like, you know, hormonal and like sad and crying. But then it kind of, it didn't, it didn't go, it didn't get worse. It didn't get better. Okay. It just stays like that. So the doctors, oh, I think I'm confident it'll be fine. Obviously, my husband was great. Mm. Like, he's very supportive. And my mom was here because obviously the baby was born and then my mom could fly over after a couple of days. So obviously she was here and she was a big help because she was feeding him and she was helping me. And she was kind of cooking for us and cleaning for us. So I, I, like, I just had to look after the baby and nothing else, you know. So it was very good that way. And also, like, I, I have problem breastfeeding. I have a condition which I I, can't, I don't know how to say the, the medical term, but basically I don't have enough gland to produce milk. So I can produce a little bit, but it will be 30 mils, like an ounce a day. And that's pretty much it. I can't do more than that. So obviously that was an extra um, challenge because obviously in the hospital, they feel like, oh, you're not trying enough or hard enough to breastfeed. And I was trying and it was latching and everything was fine. It just, I didn't have enough milk. So once he finished, it was cream because obviously it, didn't, it wasn't satisfied. So that was kind of an ad on top of everything else because I felt like, you know, I, I, I can have a baby and I can give, I can give birth to a baby, but then I can't feed him. And, you know, it's like my body failed me on the feeding the baby. I can do everything else, but I can't feed him. So I felt like bad because I couldn't feed him. And it's like he was depending on me and I couldn't do it. So that kind of got, it took time for me to get used to the fact that it's fine. There is formula for that. They invented that. So the, the you know, other kids. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's could eat mm. and like you know they will survive, and in, but in my head I was like you know this, this is me failing him because I don't feel anything for him and I can't even give him food. So like you know I felt like a self blame in a way that like I don't love him and I can't feed him. So what can I like I can't be a mom because the two things that you're supposed to be doing I can't be do I, I can't do it at the moment you know. So for the first six weeks, it was kind of challenging. So what did you do? Did you feel things lift by themselves? Um, or did you say, OK, I need to start going for a walk. I need to do this that, and the other to kind of help myself. Um, I think it started getting better when I actually voice it, when I said it. You know, when like I have a, a great support network, like I have this friend is a very good friend. She lives in Boston, but she's a very good friend. So once I kind of voice the things to her and then I voice the things to someone else. And once people start saying, oh, yeah, my friend felt like that. My friend was going through this. Then it kind of normalized it for mm-hmm. me. But at the beginning, I thought it's just me that feels this way. It can't be anyone else because no one else is telling you. Everyone else is telling you, oh, I love the baby. Like, you know, everyone says, oh, it's a love at first sight. Couldn't feel anything. So I was thinking, how do I not feel that? So I was thinking it was just myself. Me, only me feels like that way. But then when I start voicing it and people were like, oh, my friend felt like that. I felt like that. And I know X, Y, and Z felt like that. I thought, okay, fair enough. So it's not just me. Mm. Some women might feel the love and some women not, might not feel the love. But again, no one ever told me before. So in my head, it was like, you're going to have a long labor. You're going to be overdue and you're going to love him straight away. And the hop- opposite happened for me, you know. So when did you feel like you were ready to try for another baby? Um, I think when it was around six, seven, eight months, I like the love grows so much that it's actually hard to describe. It's something like it's kind of your heart expand. You feel like your heart actually grows. And I remember looking at him and thinking, I want another one of these. I, I really want another baby. Like, you know, so we were kind of talking a little bit, obviously, you know, like, you know, two under two and all that kind of stuff can be quite hard. But it was a dream baby, so we thought, oh, you know what, like let let's give it a go. We were we booked a flight to go to the US to visit my friend. So we said, okay, let's not try before that because I don't want to be pregnant, like you know, not early pregnant and stuff like that. So we give it a go around September and we got pregnant straight away. So we tried in September and I was pregnant in October. And I remember like because I think after the first baby, you're 
so much more in tune with your body in a way like with pregnancy mm-hmm. and labor and stuff like that, that you kind of feel it before it happens. And I remember saying to my husband, I think I'm pregnant after three days. And my husband was like, no, you're not. You can't be pregnant. And I said, I am pregnant. I'm telling you, I am pregnant. And I felt that I was, I had no symptoms or anything. I just felt I was pregnant. So then obviously a sign for me, it was the breasts were really sore. So once my breast got sore, I was like, definitely, that's a pregnancy sign. So then I did um, uh, an early uh, test and it came out that I was pregnant. So I was very happy, obviously, like, you know, and it was it was October and we were going to go home in, in Italy for Christmas. And I haven't been home for Christmas for a long time. So I was so happy that I was pregnant and I could tell everyone yeah. for Christmas because it was 13 weeks then for Christmas. So what we did was we went to Holly Street and we pay for the, how you call it, harmony test, mm-hmm. I think it's called, because they can tell you the sex of the baby. So we did the harmony test. And like, I think a week before I flew home, they, called, they gave me the call, say the baby genetically was fine and it was a little girl. Mm-hmm. So obviously I was so happy because in my family, we have three boys like Alessio and then my brother has a little boy and my other brother has a little boy. So she was the first girl. So I was so happy. Like it was the first girl. So I didn't tell anyone, just my mom and my auntie. So when we got home, like before COVID, we had a big dinner with all the family. And then I gave to my dad a little uh, a little bag with the scan inside and the bag was pink. And I said to my dad, oh, I bought you a present for Christmas. So when you opened it and he saw the scan, everyone was yeah. crying, everyone was hugging. Like it was yeah, so it was nice. Like, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice feeling. And then um, everything was fine with the baby. Like Emilia was like, she was bigger than Alessio in the scans. But because when Alessio was born was only six pounds, the consultant decided that I should do a two-week growth scan. Every two weeks, I had to have a growth scan because Mm -hmm. she thought Alessio was a bit too small. She was concerned about my placenta, maybe not working with him. So uh, then... So I went to every two weeks, we went to get a scan until I was 32 weeks and she was fine. She was completely fine. She was very active. Even though my placenta was at the front, I could always feel her. And like she was, she, she, you know, it was a, a great pregnancy. Beside the usual thing, like, you know, um, the sickness in, in the first three months and then nosebleed again after the three months. And then I was a little bit kind of, again, the ligament pain in my legs. It was kind of the same kind of pregnancy symptoms, but a little bit better in a way because I didn't have the constantly worry about she's not moving or I can't feel her because I could always feel her. Like you can actually see my belly moving from side to side. So it was very kind of reassuring. Like, can I just ask you how you felt? Did you have anxiety then? when you came closer to your due date about how the labor would go yeah yeah, okay. yeah I was very anxious and I actually um we have a health insurance and you have this kind of um how you call it this kind of scheme that you can have a midwife that called you every three weeks to just check in and now if it wasn't COVID time the midwife would have come in in the house to kind of have a chat with me and stuff but obviously with COVID it had to be over the phone which was fine and I was talking to her on the phone. I was like, I'm very anxious. I'm afraid it's going to be fast. And I'm afraid I won't realize again I'm in labor. And then I have this kind of thought in my head that the baby's going to be born in the car or the baby's going to be born like in the living room. And then my son will see it like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to be terrified of the whole thing. And she was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, just take it as it goes. If you think you're in labor, even the slightly little like thing that you think you're in labor, just come in straight away. You're not that far from the hospital. We're like around half an hour from the hospital. She said, you're not that far. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So she was very reassuring, but still like, you know, she gave me like a little plan of what to do if she was born in the house. She was like, don't cut the umbilical cord. Make sure she stays straight away in your chest, like cover with your dress or whatever you're wearing and make sure you stay in that position until the, the, the ambulance people are coming over. So she was going to give me a little bit of information just in case it would be the, the possibility that she was born at home. And then I think leading to the pregnancy, leading to the due date, it was, I I felt kind of the same like my son. So it was um, increased discharge and then 
I start having stomach pain, stomach issues. So it's like, okay, the due date is coming. Like, you know, she will be born soon. And I remember the Friday that she was born in the morning, I said to my husband, I think she'll be born this week. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I had the feeling that she will be born this weekend. And he was like, okay. And then she was born that night. <laughs> Again, a really fast labor because I uh, we went um, we got our car fixed the, that that week, and I went to pick it up the car on the Friday. So the Friday I went to pick it up the car. I, I was in Lidl a half seven, and then I came home. I had dinner, I had a shower, and at ten to nine, my water broke. I was in the shower, and again, I felt the head kind of dropping you can you can really and feel it feel it that obviously I, you, it's like I don't know I like I don't know how to explain it. it's like if you have a ball inside a, a like um bowling ball yeah. and you feel it like dropping okay that's how I the, the feeling that I had and it's like they were dropping down so I was thinking okay this is weird because that's how I felt with Alessio mm. and then I walked into my mom's room and I say I felt something really weird when I was having a shower and the moment that I said that my water went I was like, oh my God. So, and I, I, my water didn't go with Alessia until I was in the hospital and they broke them for me. So it was a different thing. It's like, oh my God, my water went. So then I called the hospital and they were like, don't come in because if you come in, we can't, uh, we, we will, uh, like, you know, we can't let you go home after. Okay. You have to stay. Once you come in, it's your second baby, your water broke. I can't let you go home because of infections. I was thinking, okay. But then I start feeling pains. So I said to my husband, oh, no, let's go. Let's go to the hospital because I'm anxious. So at that point, it was 9, 9 p.m. So I got in the car. Thank God it wasn't the TT. It was a normal <laughs> car, a normal size people car. <laughs> and we went to the hospital. I, we, we got in and obviously it was cold, like it was Ju- July, June 2020. So COVID was still quite like, you know, it was the, the restriction were, were not lifted. My husband wasn't allowed in unless I was in labor. So obviously I was very anxious that he would leave me at the door. And, you know, I didn't want that to be happening. Mm-hmm. So I said to the guy, he brought me with a wheelchair. And I said, can you please come in? And they check me first. If I'm not in labor, he leaves. But I want him inside when they check me. So when they checked me, they were like, oh, yeah, you're two centimeters. And I was like, okay, grand. So it was painful, but it wasn't like my son. It wasn't like a whole kind of contraction. I had contraction that I I experienced a proper contraction, like, you know, the five minutes apart, three minutes apart. So I remember they checked me, called my mom and say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm in labor. And it probably was quarter to 10. I was like, I'm in labor and I'm two centimeters and Andy can stay here with me and everything is fine. And then I start vomiting really badly. And it was, again, the same thing. I was vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. And the girl was like, I can't give you the, the... the gas because you're already getting sick if I can't give you the gas at the moment so I was like okay fair enough and then they checked me I was like yeah you're 10 centimeters so it was a quarter to 10 so that's like an hour yeah an hour from my um, water breaking and then like I think it was probably 20 minutes pushing and she was born and no, no epidural again, no gas, no nothing. And it, I was very sick. I was very sick. I was kept getting sick even after she was born. I, I kept getting sick and getting sick. And then I start having shakes. I kept shaking and my body wouldn't stop. And actually they thought I might have COVID. So I was thinking, oh my God, no, I said, what if I have COVID? Like, you know, and they, they keep checking my temperature and they keep like, okay, make sure you're, you're warm. And I was like, I don't feel cold. It's just my body shakes. I don't feel mm. cold as such. It's just my body keeps shaking. So what happened was they gave me an injection to stop me from vomiting. But the shakes were still there and I couldn't hold the baby. Because I was like to my husband, I don't have the physical tr- strength to hold the baby. So he had to stay there because they were saying, okay, once the baby's born, he has to leave. But I said, well, I, ca- I can't hold the baby at the moment. So unless one of you stay here with me, I can't hold the baby. So they let my husband stay for a little bit longer. So after they gave me the injection to stop me from getting sick, then I think after half an hour, my body kind of settled a little bit. And the same thing happened that happened with my son, looked at her, felt nothing. Everyone was like, oh, you little girl. 
nothing at all. And I was looking at her feeling nothing. Like I just kind of, again, someone would take her away from me. I would have chased them. But there was no, no love or anything like that. And again, it happened so fast that like I didn't get changed. I was wearing the same thing that I was wearing in the morning. So it was so fast. And again, my 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 brain, my brain was fast. processing a little bit better this time because I felt that she was coming. But still it was so fast that even my like you know, my body actually reacted badly because I was shaking for so long. Mm. And then after that, obviously, because it was COVID, my husband had to go home and I couldn't see him anymore until he came to pick me up on the Sunday. And she was fine. Like, it was kind of very stressful in the hospital because you don't have any help. It's just you and the baby. And she wouldn't sleep at night at all. Like she was crying and crying, crying. But she wanted to be held the whole time. And then, obviously, I realized afterwards when we came home, she actually had colics. She was she was suffering with colics and she couldn't kind of settle herself so it was really bad for the first two days like I I think in 72 hours I probably slept like three hours and the three hours is because the midwife came in to check the baby when I was asleep like you know and then um, I came home my son obviously saw the baby and he was so excited to see the baby the baby the baby so he came over like was so happy to see her and he was so excited to see her and obviously he was excited to see me because he didn't really understand what was happening because I left in the middle of the night for him it was the middle of the night he was already in bed so when when I left he never he, he didn't notice me leaving and then he woke up the morning and I wasn't mm. there but daddy was there so for him something was wrong but he didn't know what was wrong so once he saw the baby, so happy. And like, I was happy again. My mom was here. This time we booked the flight two weeks early. So just in case. So my mom was here. So when I went into labor, I was delighted that my mom was here because we, we left straight away. If I had to wait for someone maybe to come in for like half an hour, she would have definitely been born in the car. Like, you know, so I was delighted my mom was here. But again, like, look at her nothing couldn't feel anything and like and with her it actually took a lot longer than it took with my son and that's why I got a little bit bit concerned when she was seven or eight weeks because I think okay by the time he was seven or eight weeks I already felt x y and z with her it's still nothing and I think it was the pressure of having a toddler of having her and yeah. he was like at the beginning when she came in, it was delighted to have a baby. And then he wasn't delighted anymore. Like he was very, it was very challenging. He wouldn't sleep at night. He would cry a lot. And he was very tantruming a lot. He, he was very demanding. He didn't want me with the baby. He just wanted me for himself. He didn't really understand the whole thing. So it was, it was hard. And then she had colics. So let's say I put him for, for bed for eight and then she started having colleagues and she would cry from eight until 12. So it was so draining. It was, and again, it was kind of COVID mm. time and no one was allowed to visit. No one was allowed to give your hand. So it was hard and you don't want anyone to come in either because you feel like, what if they're sick? What if the baby gets sick? What if I get sick? So you kind of always kind of very conscious about these so with her, it was a long, longer that I ever felt anything. And I was very concerned. But then I remember one night, one night we went for a walk. It was early September. No, it was mid-September. We went for a walk and it was kind of a nice fall day. And I was walking along. We live in the coast. So I was walking with her in the coast. The weather was beautiful. And I remember looking down at her. She looked at me and she smiled. And then, like I swear, the click I felt like the overwhelming sensation of love came all of a sudden and I felt like floating. I felt like I was floating with love. It was, it was amazing. And then again, my heart like doubled it up again. It's like my whole chest. It was like a heart, a love heart. And I felt so connected to her then. And it, that was it. It was just a flick, flick of a switch. Like for with her, it was like a switch when my son was kind of more learning to love him with her it was a switch after around 11 weeks. And at seven weeks, I kind of got concerned. So when the midwife of my health insurance called me, I did say, you know, I don't feel anything and I don't I don't feel anything for her. And I feel I love my son more than I love her. And I, I can't really even say this word because I feel bad saying it. But that's how I feel. And again, she didn't me, say it's normal. 
I heard this before, other women suffer with this, but if you feel, you know, if he continues this way, then go and seek the support of a GP or go and talk to someone because maybe the birth were both kind of a little bit traumatizing for your body, that your body at the moment is not recovered yet. But then I was yeah. like, okay, I'll wait a few more weeks and see what happens. But then obviously when I felt like when that time when I felt this switch, it wasn't forced or anything. We just come for a walk and she wasn't sleeping. And mm. I was like, oh gosh, she's not sleeping. Then I looked down and she smiled at me and I was like, that's it. It's got like, you know, the whole thing. It was complete. I felt complete. Like, you know, I felt like a puzzle was missing. And that that smile gave me the the piece that I was missing, you know. I think you're so right though I think it is really yeah. like romanticized that baby comes out and we love the baby immediately like I, yeah. I didn't experience it and not this in the same way you did but it was just like okay job done now I have to look after myself and the baby and I really think the love yeah. develops over time because you also don't yeah. know the baby and what, what you said there about um you felt like you loved your toddler more than you did your new baby but like but yeah. you know your toddler there's different reasons yeah. why you love him, you know? So I know I completely agree. And, and there's so many women. I think there's so many women yeah. who we just don't speak about it, who don't feel that immediate surge of love. And you can't yeah. be also in pain. You've, your experiences vary. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, but especially like I was like, you know, my birth were kind of ideal in a way because didn't get one stitch for both mm. of them. Nothing. It went straight forward. I didn't get any pain meds, but in a way, like you think it's a little bit better because then I could walk straight away after the birth. So it was fine. So there was so many positive things, but then it was the after for me that it was so, I can't get my head around this. I like my head is kind of, I can't. Like, I don't understand how something they explain to you in so many, so many times, it has to happen this way. And it happened completely different for me. And it was the opposite of what people were telling me. So it's mm. kind of hard to kind of get your head around. And now whenever someone is pregnant, I always tell them, be careful. You can go to labor two weeks early. It's going to be really fast. And the baby's, the baby's going to come out really fast. So it's not all long labor and painful and like, you know, C-section, all that kind of stuff. It can be very fast. And I wasn't prepared from, in my head, it's like his first baby is going to be long and I'm going to be there for a long time so for me it was hard mm -hmm. when it did happen that it was so fast I didn't really understand how is this happening because no one ever told me this was a possibility talk to doctor talk to midwife no one ever said to me that you could have a baby in less than three hours or you could have a baby in less than an hour and a half no one ever mentioned that to me you know mm -hmm. so I feel I felt like you know I think they always focus on the horror story and they never focus in the, it might happen easier and it might be faster than you think it is, you know? But also it sounds like your body for those couple of hours, it's just like yeah. surged with hormones. Hormones are raging, oh, you're so vomiting, bad, yeah. there's all sorts going on. Yeah. And even the like to go from three to 10 and then from two to ten and that space of time yeah. is just insane your body oh, must be no, like, it, just screaming it, it, as I said like with Alessia it was like one contraction it starts at a half eight and it didn't yeah. stop until it was born that's how I felt my body like I never had the five minutes that I could talk to my husband and say oh I don't feel too bad now mm. I never had that it was an over it's like if you're inside the box and someone shake you inside the box that's how I felt I felt like I was kind of pulled and pushed and I didn't really understand what was going on because I was in so much pain and the same was with my daughter the contraction were a little bit regular at the start but then once I got from two centimeters to ten it was a continuous and then I start vomiting and then they start like kind of they push me side to side to let the, to to make put me in a position that it was easy for me to give birth but again it was outside my control they were doing it to me and I didn't know what's mm. happening because my body was so concentrated in getting sick or getting the baby out that wasn't really under, like I, I didn't really understand if you if, if you ask me step by step what happened I don't really remember much because it's like a blur like you feel like you know I know I was vomiting and I know I had contraction but I don't know who was around me if my husband left or my husband came in, I don't know. I can't remember. Do you know that type of way? Mm. So, no. Thank you for sharing. It's just another side of birthing that needs to be discussed. Because as I said before, people think, oh, God, that's great. You did quick labor. You didn't have to yeah. go through 
this, that, and the other, but it, that's it's not necessarily like it's not place. because no. I fe- it's sometimes I felt like I was robbed from the labor experience because I didn't experience, like, you know, the way like you pack your bag with your snacks and everything, and yeah. like the bag were both mm. packed and they're on the corner, never opened because for both of them, I came in in a rush. And obviously, it's great because it's fast, but again, my head when I was in the car and I was counting down the minutes that we would get to Holly Street. I was thinking, please, please, please don't be born in the car. I don't want the baby to be out in the car because it's like then it's me and my husband. And what if he freaks out and he doesn't know what to do because I won't be able to help him? Like, you know, mm. so obviously my like I was concentrating, get to the hospital, get to the hospital and the ba- I'll be fine and the baby will be fine because we're in a hospital, you know. And I was yeah. thinking, like, you know, in my head, you know, you kind of always catastrophize and stuff. I think I'm going to be in the news tomorrow, like a woman give birth in the car on the way to Holly Street. Like, you know, but in my head, I was terrified. I was terrified that will happen, you know. And like, because my mom was here, it didn't happen. But if I had to call someone and wait for the person to come in, at least a half an hour would have passed. And definitely she would have been born in the car, like, you know. And is there a family nope. history? Is there anyone in your That's why, because my mom was like, with me, she was probably 12 hours. With my brother, was 24 hours in labor. And the other brother, probably 16 or 17. <laughs> like, I was early, like Alessio and Emilia. Both of them were two weeks early. I was early like them for two weeks. And I was the same exact weight than Alessio was. So, it, But the birth mm. were completely different because my mom, was in labor for a long time but then again she explained to me that she had a lot of vomiting as well when she was in labor but she never mentioned it to me because she told me I would have kind of copped it or maybe I am in labor when I was Mm. with him like you know and then like uh, she had loads of stitches for the three of them all the time she had stitches and stuff and I, I never got anything like you know so I don't like I don't know even and like my husband's mom same long labor and no, none of them were fast like you know so I I don't know just my body wants to do things faster or whatever but yeah and so if you decided that you wanted mm. to have another baby is there I would what say would you do I'd do a home birth because I don't yeah. think like statistically in my head is like the first with three hours the second it's an hour and a half the third is probably I don't know 45 minutes so in my head it's like you have to be prepared for that so I would say I'll do a home birth just to make sure that like I get trained on what to do and I have so fear just in case that's you know like something that it's happening you know because in my head that's why I was very calm I was actually reading online three days before she was born I was actually reading online what do you do when you have an unplanned birth or you have you 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 have you go into labor in the house and stuff and then you know I was having a look and making sure like I knew what to do because in my I felt that she was born she she would be born fast that's how I felt and which she was but because I had uh, overwhelming feelings, I was preparing myself because I didn't prepare myself with the, the first one. And I felt so overwhelmed. So I was like, OK, I have to prepare myself with this one to the eventuality that this is a possibility for me. And it wasn't, thank God, like, you know, we got to the hospital and it was fine. But if it was, at least I knew a little bit what to do. And that's kind of conflicting with yeah. where you want to be at from, from you know, in your last trimester, you want to be a really calm environment. You want to understand what's going on, which you, you no. did, but it's not really where you want no, to be. No, because to kind you of feel like, you know, nice... I, I did yoga as well for with Emilia. I did yoga with her yeah. as well. And, you know, they teach us to breathe and stuff. And I felt like this time I was more in control of my breathing. With my son, it was like, again, I was a marble inside the box and people were shaking me. And that's how I felt. And I couldn't breathe. It was very hard for me to breathe or concentrate. The breathing was extremely hard. With her, it wasn't. I felt like I was a little bit more in control of my body. With my son, my body was in control of me and I had nothing to do with it. I just kind of, you know, my body said, you have to give birth now and you have to do it. I felt like my body was doing everything itself. Like, you know, people say, oh, you feel the urge to push. And I actually felt and I said, well, I have to go for it because that's how I feel like, you know, with my daughter, was I was a little bit more in control. 
So I felt a little bit better during labor because I could breathe. But with my son, it was so overwhelming that I can't, I can't even remember if I breathe at all. Like, I can't even remember what happened, really. I remember the midwife telling me, you have to start breathing properly because the baby oxygen is, is going down. So then I remember that I, I got a little bit frightened. I said, like, okay, you have to take control of this. You have to do it because the baby's not well, like, you know. But then it was fine. It was completely fine. Mm-hmm. It just, she was concerned because I couldn't even breathe from the pain like you know no problem thank you so much for sharing <laughs> go enjoy your evening thank you bye-bye thanks bye mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.